It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Celebrating the giver, the gifts, and the gifted. This is one of the most wonderful, edifying revelations that I could share, especially this time of year. It's enriched me to know these things, and I hope I can enrich you as we go through these various scriptures that are just absolutely wonderful. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, if he gives a gift, he doesn't change his mind. Once that gift is imparted, he expects it to be a permanent impartation. And every good and perfect gift comes from above. What God does in your life in gifting you is always his expression of perfection. You can believe that it's going to bring forth good in your life. John 3.16 says it so well. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the greatest gift the Father ever could have given. There was nothing else in the vastness of his universe that was as valuable as the gift of his own Son to you. That's how much value you have in the eyes of God. And he gave his only begotten Son so that if you believe, you would receive another gift altogether. Now, the Father also gives the Holy Spirit to us. He gave the Son to you and I, and he gives the Holy Spirit to you and I. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And then Acts 2.38, the Bible says, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you've received the gift of the Son, and you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit from the Father of lights to bring light into your life in the midst of this dark world. But it doesn't stop there. In Psalm 68, a tremendous prophecy was given concerning Jesus. Listen to it closely. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts for men. Yes, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. The uniqueness of this prophecy is the fact that it is spoken to the Son of God concerning what he would accomplish when he ascended from this world back up to heaven. Now listen to it again. Psalm 68, verses 18 and 19. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. In other words, anything that could potentially captivate 
one of his people in this world has already been brought under his authority. He led captivity captive so that you and I can go completely free. And then it says, you have received gifts for men. Now, most liberators would expect to be showered with gifts themselves from the grateful masses of people who were set free by their self-sacrificing commitment to some battle, some great uh, cause that they champion. But our great deliverer and liberator has instead of receiving gifts, received gifts for men. He didn't receive them for himself. He received them for you and I from the Father. Yes, for the rebellious also. Thank God that's in there because I was a rebellious person up until the time I turned my heart toward God, that the Lord God might dwell among them. And so gifts lead to indwelling. Let me say that again. God's gifts lead to indwelling. God wants to dwell in your life in numerous ways, and every gift he gives amplifies that personal presence of God in your life. So it's just amazing. The Father gives the Son to us. The Father gives the Holy Spirit to us. And then the Son who has been given to us turns around and gives even more gifts to us. It's like this pile of gifts is waiting for you to open them and rejoice in what God has done in your life. No wonder uh, verse 19 of that Psalm prophecy says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us down with benefits. I responded to somebody not long ago who said, I'm just so loaded down. I said, I am too. He daily loads me with benefits. Get your eyes off of the negative. Get your eyes on the positive. Now, I want to show you how this gift-giving thing is the nature of the kingdom of God. When Jesus started his great intercessory prayer in John chapter 17, listen to how it starts. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. See the emphasis on the word give. The Father gives authority to the Son, and that authority is the power to give eternal life to all that the Father has given him. And so we are God's gift. We are the Father's gift to the Son of God. The Son of God is the Father's gift to us, but we are the Father's gift to the Son of God. Isn't that absolutely amazing? It's like a father and mother give the gift of a groom to the bride, and the bride is the gift of her parents to the groom. It's like they are gifts for each other. And the groom, the eternal bridegroom, is a gift to the eternal bride, and she is a, an eternal gift to him. And that's just the way the kingdom of God functions. Now, let me show you some of the numerous gifts that have been given to you. I don't elaborate them on them deeply on this teaching, 
But if you want to go even deeper than what I'm going to share on this podcast, you can go to shreveministries.org and look under audio messages, and there's an hour-long teaching on the same subject that goes into much greater detail. But I want to give you a really phenomenal overview of the gifts God has given you. And first, I'm going to quote several times out of that same chapter, John 17, where Jesus prays for the church that will be birthed in the new covenant era. John 17, verse 8, Jesus said, Father, I have given them the words that you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So now he articulates the fact that you have been given the gift of the divine revelation that flowed through Jesus during his three and a half year ministry, the gospel, the good news, all of the mysteries of the kingdom of God that he shared while he was on the earth. He said, Father, the words you've given me, so those were inspired words. He said, the words you've given me, I have given them. And also in the same prayer, he said, Father, I pray not only for these, but for all who will ever believe on me through their word. So why don't you articulate it right now and say, I've received the gift of the word of God in my life. Now, in the first generation of the church, they did not have the 66 books of the Bible. In fact, later on, they had a few epistles from Paul and Peter and James and they could refer back to the Old Testament, and they had a remembrance of what Jesus said, but the Gospels weren't written until a little later on. And so you and I are most blessed to have the fullness of the Word of God. That's God's gift to me. That's God's gift to you. We should thank Him for it every single day. Next, in the same prayer, In verse 22, Jesus said, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. You ought to articulate that and say, Father, I thank you for the glory you put in my life. Well, what did you just say? The glory of God means many things, but number one, it means his manifested presence. And that means not only is he present with you, but he's involved in all the details of your life. The glory of God is also the perfection of his character because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that means every attribute of God, every characteristic of God is absolutely perfect. And he pours his personality into you when you're born again. And so that's part of the impartation of glory. And then it's your destiny eternally, the glorious things that await you. That's God's gift to you. And then his love is a gift to you. In verse 26 of the same chapter, he said, Father, I have declared unto them your name and will declare that the love, that the love, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And so you have this deposit of divine love in you that should make you a very loving person toward other people and give you the capacity of responding in love to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same love that the Father had to the Son that has now filled up your heart. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit which he has given us. 
Next, the gift of authority. The gift of authority. Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, all authority, all authority, A-double-L, all authority has been given to me. So the Father gifts the Son with supreme authority, sovereign authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And this was, of course, right before he ascended into heaven, and he told his disciples next, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He did not say make believers. He did not say go and tell people to just accept Jesus in their life. He said make disciples. Disciples start out being believers, but they commit their lives. They consecrate their lives entirely to God. I've met many, many believers, but only a few people that I think really qualify as disciples. When I say a few, I mean maybe a few hundred or a few thousand people through the years that I met are really sold out passionately. And I've met many, many others that attend meetings that don't really have a dedicated life. So he said, all authority has been given to me, but then he turns around and imparts that authority to us. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow, what a promise. And a lot could be said about that promise, but the main thing I want to convey is that you have authority over the demonic world. You have authority over serpents and scorpions. And I believe that's metaphorical language because a serpent strikes with its mouth and a scorpion strikes with its tail. And that may be God's way of saying authority to extract the poison from yesterday and tomorrow. There's venomous things that want to sink their fangs into you from the past and from the future. But you have power to live a victorious life, praise God, and to put all those things, including every demon, every satanic strategy against you, under your feet. Authority trumps power all the time because you see it in the world around you, just in simple things. What if the lights went out in your community and some policeman was in the intersection holding up his hand, big tractor trailers rolling down the road have the power to run over the policeman, but the policeman has the authority to stop the tractor trailer because when he lifts up his hand, that tractor trailer driver knows he's facing off with more than just one single police officer. The whole police department will back him up. Not only that, all the highway patrolmen, all the police departments of the entire state, the entire country that we're a part of, as well as all the other military people beyond that, uh, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, praise God, they're all backing up the authority of that one little police officer. And all of heaven is backing up your authority when you rebuke the enemy from your life. Isn't that phenomenal? Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. God has gifted you with influential persons in your life who have guided you through every stage of your journey with the Lord Jesus. And we find that 
where Paul actually quoted from Psalm 68. And I'm going to read the whole quote. He said, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave, he himself gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which is not going to happen until the resurrection. But God has put the fivefold ministry in your life, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, to edify you, to strengthen you, to impart to you what God imparts to them. God gifts them with certain insights and certain anointings, certain expressions of the anointing, so that you can benefit from it on your journey. And it's a journey toward utter perfection. So the first gifts that you become cognizant of in your life should be spiritual leaders who brought you into the kingdom and who nurture you when you're just a young Christian. Praise God. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, talks about other giftings in the church. It says, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, and then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. So even people that have helped you on your journey. Maybe they've encouraged you when you were discouraged. They had a gift from God, a gift of helps, or maybe a gift just to encourage others. No gift is small in the sight of heaven because all of them come from God to perform a certain purpose in the earth. Now, very quickly, I'm going to go through a number of other gifts that bring you, uh, that take you rather, on this journey toward perfection. It starts out with the gift of repentance. In other words, well, the Puritans used to call it the gift of tears. I like the way that's worded, the gift of tears, because God smites your heart with conviction to give you the capacity of feeling grief over errors that other people are oblivious to. And the scripture says in 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves, if perhaps God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So God has to give you that thing called godly sorrow in the Bible. It fills you up. It's a characteristic from God that fills you up. Godly sorrow. God was sorry that he made man in Genesis chapter 6, and that's why the flood took place. Well, God gives you sorrow over the things that have corrupted your life. It's a gift from God. And then that leads you to the next triune gift found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So first of all, God sends grace into your life, 
And then God sends the gift of salvation into your life. And then God sends the gift of faith into your life. All three of those are referred to as gifts in the Bible. The gift of grace, the gift of salvation, and the gift of faith. And it starts out with God gracing you with the ability to believe. Because the fallen nature of man has no capacity to have faith in the truth. So God has to not only convict your heart, give you the gift of tears, but he gives you the gift of being able to believe in the cross, in the risen Savior, in the ascended King who is now enthroned on high. And that just transforms your life altogether. You've received the gift of grace. Thanks be unto God for that. Ephesians 4, 7 says, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So grace gives you a unique expression in your life that makes you different from everyone else. You have a different kind of gifting, a different kind of ability. Praise God. You've received the gift of righteousness, Romans 5, 17. And that righteousness is not an ordinary righteousness. It's the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. You've received not only the gift of the Holy Spirit, but he comes with nine gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. You should read those gifts, that list of gifts, supernatural gifts, and ask God to unwrap those gifts in your life. But the gift of all gifts is Romans 6.23 that says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No wonder Hebrews 6.4 calls that the heavenly gift. Jesus, when he was at the well in Samaria, told the woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says unto you, give me to drink, you would ask of him and he would give you living water. Everything I've just described really is a part of that heavenly elixir, if you will, that living water that you can drink in and it will lift you out of a state of spiritually being parched, so thirsty and not knowing how to quench that thirst. Living water is the gift that quenches your thirst spiritually. And just like Regular water is made up of two elements, hydrogen and oxygen. Living water is made up of two primary elements, the Word and the Spirit. And contained within the Word and the Spirit are all the other things I've described to you and much, much more. Like peace. Jesus said, not as the world gives, give I unto you, but my peace I give unto you. These words I speak unto you that my joy might be in you. Joy is a gift. Peace is a gift. All these things are part of this living water that will fill you up where you'll never thirst again. So how are we going to respond to all of this? I think we ought to shout out loud exactly what Paul did in 2 Corinthians 9.15. He summed up his feelings by saying, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The gift that contains all these other gifts is unspeakable, indescribable, unutterable. And all we can do is just return praise to him and thank him for it all the days of our lives. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve. 
a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.